Welcome to this Lawrence Sport podcast with me, Sean Cotshaw, the founder and CEO of Lawrence Sport. If you haven't tuned in to the Lawrence Sport podcast, it's here to help you understand the latest legal issues and developments from the world of sport. On today's show, our guest is Stephen Ridgway, the Vice President and Head of Legal and Business Affairs at Being Sport, who are part of the Being Media Group. Now, the interview is broken into two parts. The first part is about Stephen's career. Um, he worked at organisations such as IMG, Denton's and Sky Sports. Then the second half talks about the legal issues around piracy of being sports media feeds by an organisation called Be Out Q, who are based in Saudi Arabia. Now, many of you may have picked on this or picked up on this, I should say, in the press. But if you haven't, there's a link below to the, um, the press release from and information put together by being Media Group. Uh, it's very interesting, very relevant. It touches on IP, piracy, media rights. Stephen's career is interested in itself. So if you're interested to find out about Stephen's background, his career, his perspective on how the media rights landscape has changed in the UK, then that's the first part of the interview. If you're more interested in the piracy aspect of the interview and what the being media group do as a whole and their business structure and what their involvement is in international sport or I should say on in sport internationally then that's the second half of the interview now just as a heads up there was a issue with um, some building works that took place halfway through the interview we try to mitigate it as much as possible hopefully it doesn't interfere with your enjoyment of the interview but just as a heads up other than that you can you know, if you enjoy the interview, you like it, please do share it on social media. You can you tag us at Law in Sport. Use a hashtag Law in Sport uh, on Twitter. I'm on SPCOTT um, or on LinkedIn, etc. Other than that, I hope you enjoy the show. One of the things that, that I was unclear on um, is how is the actual group structured and where does sport sit within that group? Yeah, so so BN Media Group obviously is, is is less known in the UK because we don't have any consumer businesses um, operating in, in in this market. But it, to put it in context, is a is a big company. It's it's a one of the largest independent media groups in the world. Um, we operate across five continents in forty three different countries. We broadcasting sports in seven different languages, and so our, our biggest. Um, businesses um, on the sports side are in in Europe so we have um, BN Sports France which is one of the the the, uh, the main subscription channels in in that market holding domestic French league rights um, and a multitude of other rights as well we also operate BN Sports in North America so um, we have a channel in uh, in the states as well as Canada the big rights there are La Liga um, which we hold in both markets um, and, and, and again, other rights as well. The, cha- the channels we also have across Asia in, in, in five or six markets there. Um, similarly, having range of football rights predominantly, Serie A um, in, in a number of those markets, La Liga, um, and currently Premier League in, in, in certain markets as well. Um, and then also Australia, so similar, another channel there. And then the, the two uh, even larger ones are, are um, our business in the Middle East and North Africa, so the MENA region, which is where the group originated from. Uh, and so there we own the BN platform. So in that market, we're, the BN Media Group is more akin to a sky, if you like, where we own the platform as well as operate sports and other right. channels. 
Um, so on, on, on a sort of portfolio level, the, the BN, uh, BN Media Group probably, I think it's fair to say, has the largest portfolio of sports rights in the world. Um, very large um, number of agreements with UEFA for you know, Champions League, for national team football, for, um, um, for the Euros in, 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 in the MENA, for example. Um, equally, Premier League rights and others. So, so in total... Um, we, we, I think we do. I think it's. Uh, I've, I've, I'm confident in saying that we, yeah, we do have the largest in total volume. I, of I, it's because I didn't, I didn't know that. Mm. So, so just if you're listening, you can hear a beeping sound. It just so happens that we've timed this really, really well with some truck that's outside of the offices, and this is part of the issues of doing podcasts in London and not in a, you know, uh, in a, 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 out and about rather than in a studio. So, uh, I apologise if you're listening. You keep hearing this, this beeping sound. Um, so, yeah, I, I had no idea that you had that many um, the properties uh, globally. I had literally no idea. Um, well, that makes the next point then really interesting. So I've been following for some time now um, this uh, dispute. Obviously, there's a political um, situation in the Middle East uh, between Qatar and Saudi and you know, within the region. I, I don't purport to understand geopolitics, so I'm not going to go into that. However, the one thing I picked up on from a, a sports law perspective uh, was um, a piracy of media rights in the in the middle, particularly in the Middle East uh, region. And the as I watched it unfold, there was a company called, which I've now I was saying it wrong. I thought it was BQ, but it was a B out Q. And following on from that, there was a series of media posts coverage statements from various organizations about that situation and then following that then uh you guys came out and published a whole dossier mm. evidencing what's going on now for those that aren't familiar with it i wonder because i don't want to i wasn't trying not to give too much detail there because you're going to be a better place to do this can you tell me about how that unfolded because it's, it's almost i think unprecedented for a media company to come out and put such detailed um information to the public domain which is the Part of the reason why I'm here because it sparked my curiosity mm. to, you know, you must have quite a lot of data to to, to, to do that to set up a separate website, um, uh, and then I wonder if you, yeah, uh, could talk about the challenges then that going forward uh, and what can be done. So first of all, you know, maybe you can provide a bit more background. Uh, I think you probably articulate it better than I can. Yeah, of course. Um, so the the role I've had uh, over the nearly the past year has, whilst rights acquisitions. Um, is central and continues to be central to what my I, I and the uh, the team here do. We increasingly are having to focus on the issue of piracy, and that's that's the same issue that all um, big pay TV um, uh, and, uh, businesses and the broader sports sector have to face up to. Um, I think piracy undoubtedly is a. I don't think it's too far to say it's an existential threat to mm. to the survival of the, the, the pay TV um, and, and also pay TV model and also the, the, the funding of sports which go with which goes with that um, the the scale and the, the growth of, of illegal streaming uh, well, it was something enormous. Was, as you say that one of the things that came up in a survey we did two years ago mm. uh, so you looking at brand protection and our annual conference we had a brand protection panel and on that we asked the question what's your biggest concern? And there, in that panel, which I found surprising, they said 
and in the survey was said was the organized uh, professional organized pirates essentially mm. and it was something that i hadn't given much consideration to but i guess as we move into a more a technolo technologically savvy world and you know people aren't having problems with, with dial-up broadband uh, in many parts of the world that they used to have it becomes very um attractive for criminal organizations or other organizations yeah. uh, to engage in that activity. Yeah, absolutely. So, so you know, piracy has always existed, um, but um, in, in this sector, historically, it was um, knock-off DVDs or um, at the, uh, what was termed card sharing, where, where, where the, the, the um, card which encrypts um, satellite transmissions was, was hacked and, and the code to do that was shared amongst multiple boxes. Um, and that, um, that, that, that was an issue, but as, um, as um, technology and content protection um, improved, that, that kind of went away to be on the scale that it, it previously been. So basically, the, the situation was managed. I think the, um, the internet, obviously, is a, is, it has been a game changer on, 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 on many things, but on the ease and the growth of piracy, undoubtedly, uh, undoubtedly has, has, has caused huge um, changes and, and damage, if you like. Um, so we've all heard about the streaming of um, live streaming of matches over the internet um, on websites, which which offer that. That that's that's that continues to be a problem. The bigger issue um, now is around what we term closed IPTV networks, where where matches are streamed via boxes or, or the Cody boxes, which there was a lot of press about um, in the UK in recent times, which are very nicely managed, curated environments really where you plug it in you have a nice epg um, epg sorry. being electronic program guide so the thing which comes up telling you how to scroll through the channels and these are these are very uh, professional products which um because of that i think people have assumed wrongly in the uk i'm talking about now that they are somehow lawful and, and that they can get away with using well, it i think it's very confusing you know mm. particularly for a certain generation mm. you know they struggle to to you know navigate phones now <laughs> you know let alone trying to work out whether a box they've acquired over the internet is is um uh, legal or not exactly yeah so 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 that there's been kind of in the uk again i'm talking now a lot of education around that and so um certainly in my time at sky that became a huge part of the broader business's goal was it was educating really that the Cody boxes were not uh, not lawful not allowed and and they and, and by accessing legal streams you were both um, funding organized crime to, to a large extent and also yourselves being involved in the infringement of copyright so that so that that that's kind of the what you term normal piracy the issue that you um, you mentioned at the at the beginning when you asked the question around be out queue and the challenge that B and media group is facing in, in the Middle East is really of a different scale to that. It, it, it is um, industrial scale, state-backed piracy, um, where the, the aim of what is happening, and I, which I'll explain a bit more now, is really to cause material and significant damage to the B&B business in, in, in that market. So if you think about BIQ, the best way to, to, to think about it is that it is essentially a full-scale, 24-7 television sports broadcaster offering 10 HD live channels, branded set-top boxes, which are on sale in shops in, in Saudi Arabia, complete with the logos of all of the major football leagues. Um, and, um, and also, it, 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 it's, it doesn't just take the be-in channels, it, it essentially curates the, the best bits of it and puts it out in its own schedule. Um, so in, in short, the, the main offering on these ten, 10 channels 
is what is being lawfully made available on BN Sports channels in the region, using rights which we've spent millions, hundreds of millions acquiring. Where they take them in, um, they, there's a seven second delay in which they replace the BN bug with a B out Q bug in the corner. So you mean the, the, the I thought it was a digital on-screen logo. Yes, <laughs> that's the same logo in the corner of the screen identifying the channel. So they, they simply replace that or put a large B out Q bug over the top of it. Um, and then those channels are retransmitted um, across the region um, over, over satellite um, using the frequencies of the main provider in the region, which is um, ArabSat, which is also headquartered um, in Saudi Arabia and um, the majority shareholder in, in or the, the largest shareholder in that business is, is the Saudi Arabian government. Um, so those channels are then retransmitted across the region, accessed by people who have spent money to acquire these um, the BRQ set-top boxes, um, and, um, and 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 sorry, and how are they? How are they? So two things. Then I've got a question for you. How can you tell that that is that? Well, one, how are they intercepting the feed, or what, what, how are they doing that? Is it a, a satellite transmission that they're using to, to get it? Is it are they recording it with the second something? Are they basically recording it and then re, retransmitting it out? Um, and then how can you tell that? And I'm sure you can. But how can you tell? Um, that it's actually your feed. Um, so yes, yeah, so the 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 the, the, um, the service is being um, produced, and we have strong evidence to to show this. Much of which is on the website that you. Yeah, we'll link to this actually in the bottom of the podcast. Yeah. So everyone can um, that the that the service is being carried out from and and within um, Saudi Arabia. And the way our understanding of it works is that um, uh, they are accessing the BN live live coverage um probably using a, a, a bn set top box with a with a card um to to enable it to be decrypted they take them into a, a, a large um professional um broadcast facility um and once they're in there then they as i say they add the bug they do other features and then they then they uplink the satellite feed the feed again to satellite and then it's retransmitted by them using their arab sat frequencies across Saudi Arabia and um, increasingly and dangerously from our perspective, or from everyone's perspective, um, across the region. To your question about how we can tell, um, they, there is, being in response to this, has, has invested significant sums in, in, in technological um, anti-piracy measures, where, including fingerprinting and watermarking, where you can identify the feed to determine whether it's coming from, from your platform. Um, and also, being does also use um, a floating bug which floats around the screen, which um, identifies all just to the viewer that it is coming from BN. So we have enormous amounts of um, evidence showing um, the the involvement of of of, of uh, uh, the fact that this is coming from Saudi Arabia. So, for example, to, when you buy the box in order to um, validate your subscription, you have to do so from an address, an IP address within Saudi Arabia. And and so um, the evidence is is you know is quite compelling in the in from the evidence that you supplied mm. uh, and you put on the website that it's coming from Saudi. Um, what are the obviously the people affected are not just you; are they are the actual rights holders themselves? Um, what are they saying about this, uh, and what are they doing? And uh, you know, do you have the is all the enforcement on you to try and do something about this, or are uh, they lending their support or taking their own action? Well, probably all of the above, really. Um, so the, the reason that this um, 
we are making such a, a noise about this, uh, it, a twofold. One, it is, it's fair to say, causing significant damage to the being business in that region. So we are, we are we're, we're, we're calling it out because of, because of that, and because essentially it is a wholesale industrialized theft of um, rights for which we have spent millions, um, millions of dollars acquiring. So that's our, that's our self-interest, if you like, in, in, in seeking to call out this, this piracy which is, um, which is going on. The, the bigger um, point and, and the reason why it's such a significant thing for the rights owners, for UEFA, the Premier League and, and, uh, um, and everyone else whose rights are being effectively stolen, is that if, if unchecked, it, it, what it essentially shows is that a country can basically ignore all of its obligations under international intellectual property treaties, which it's signed in the case of Saudi Arabia, uh, and get away with it. And I think that, that, that issue is, if, if not checked, is, is hugely dangerous for the trading of intellectual property rights on, a, on, a, on, a, on, a, on an international level and the ability of sports rights owners to, to monetize their rights. So we're working um, hand in hand, really, with, with, with all of our partners um, to, to, um, to seek to bring it to an end. So one of the, the challenges, and I, I suppose the, the way in which we're seeking to do that are threefold. Legal, which I'll talk through what we can and can't do in that. Um, there is kind of governmental action advocacy and then there are kind of technical measures which we're investing in as well. So if you think about the legal steps, what the, the obvious claim, if you like, from a legal perspective is, uh, is copyright infringement. So our, our rights, um, our transmissions, our broadcasts, our logos, our music, all of our intellectual property are being infringed by the retransmission illegally by BRQ. So in any normal um, um, a situation or in a, in a country where there was respect for intellectual property laws, then we'd go to court. We would we'd bring a, a claim for the clear infringement of our rights and uh, undoubtedly we would win because it's, it's, it's not in doubt. There's no defense. It, it is theft of all of our output and um, our rights are being infringed. So we would have redress. The, the challenge for being is that um, because of the broader political situation within the region, um, being as a Qatari company in that area um, is unable to get legal um, redress or any, any access at all to the Saudi Arabian courts. So we cannot bring the obvious legal claims within that market. Um, so what we are doing is, is every other legal claim that we can do. So we've launched a, um, an international arbitration um, against the government of Saudi Arabia essentially under a, a regional investment treaty. And that is, um, it's, it's um, been widely publicized, our claim there, which is essentially a claim for a billion dollars for the loss of revenues, loss of subscribers um, through action that Saudi, Saudi Arabian government have done, denying BN's ability to trade in that market. And moreover, condoning and allowing the growth in it and um, establishment of BLQ as a state-backed pirate business um, within the region. Uh, so, so we're looking at that. The state of Qatar as well is also bringing a claim through the WTO for, um, for the, against the, the Saudi Arabian government for failure to honor its international treaty obligations 
um, in relation to intellectual property. And a arbitration panel under that process has recently been convened and there's been support from a number of countries around the world for that action because of the danger for the abandonment of IP, if you like. Um, so that's, those are the, and we're also, as a business, looking at other ways in which we can, um, we can uh, bring legal claims. The, the other obvious one, as I mentioned, as well as the kind of the general infringement by the BRQ, although it's hard to, to identify the actual company behind it or the individuals, the other obvious one is, is Arabsat, which is the satellite provider delivering the feeds across the region. Now, Arabsat is otherwise, and it's traditionally been a very legitimate business. It's a big um, satellite provider delivering multiple channels around that region. Um, but despite, and, and, and normally the process with satellite piracy of, of this type is that you, you send a notice. You say, we've, we've, we've seen that um, your frequencies are being used uh, to retransmit a channel it's, uh, or, uh, or coverage, and, and it's infringing. It's a bit like the uh, internet service provider. Exactly, yeah. So you alert them to it, they will investigate, and generally speaking, um, and uh, they'll take it down. In this case, we have written 100 times, maybe more, um, uh, definitely more. Probably have we got the address right? Uh, <laughs> we've done that. We've done that. So we've written multiple times uh, to Arabsat, and they ignore it, um, or in recent times refer it to a US law firm, who say they're investigating it. Um, all of our rights-owned partners um, have done the same. They've written to Arabsat requesting that they uh, investigate the infringement of their, their, their property mm. over on BIQ. Again, no action at all. And um, increasingly, um, uh, what might I say, absurd denials that their frequencies are being used. It's, it's not difficult, as I've, one thing I've learned in my time to to determine when a frequency of a satellite is being used for a particular transmission. Very easy to check it, and it, it is very much a yes-no answer. And undoubtedly, we've had reports from um, uh, Cisco, who've, who've carried out independent monitoring and, and de determined the fact that Arabsat frequencies are being used. Similar reports from a, um, the well-known content security company called Nagra, um, a Swiss company who, who equally have done the same. And as well as general monitoring of this thing. So it's, 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 it's undoubtedly the case that Arabsat is being used to facilitate this piracy, but they, don't, they won't take it down. So, but we're also looking where we can about possible legal claims against um, Arabsat outside of the region because the, the, the signals are not just available in, in Saudi, they're spreading across the region. So those are the kind of legal routes. Of course, in, in, this, time, in this situation, legal time, in particular, the two cases I mentioned about international arbitration and WTO, they take years. I mean, they, they don't happen overnight. So we've got legal time, and then we have commercial time. And, and really, we'd like things to happen under commercial time, if you like. So the other, the other way in which um, we're looking to try and um, bring um, an end to it or is through legal and governmental support. So we, we, we've making many... Um, Claims, uh, or claims, or, or uh, in engagement, if you like, with the U.S. government, and also with the European Commission. And um, um, last year, the, the the U.S. government public, or e every year, the U.S. government publishes a report called a the Section 301 report, which lists countries around the world who fail to respect intellectual property rights and calls them out to improve it because of the damage to predominantly U.S. businesses, but, um, but, but because of the, the global nature of that many of those businesses to, for, for, for everyone who seeks to trade within that market. 
Um, and as a result of that, Saudi Arabia last year was put on what's termed the watch list for countries who, who are, if you may say, on the first naughty step towards, the, uh, to, to, towards being placed on the full list. Um, and we, that, that, that process for this year is ongoing now. And, and we, given what's going on, we, we would hope um, that, the, that the, 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 the country is put on the full list as a priority country for... Um, for failure to, to enforce and protect IP rights. And what's the consequence for that? Like, what does that mean in terms um, of... I think it, 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 it's, it's, its consequence largely are if more than symbolic. It, 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 it indicates significant uh, disapproval from the US government, um, and, um, and that undoubtedly in time can become, can become problematic for e mm. even a country the size and with the wealth of Saudi Arabia. That's not helpful. Um, we're also looking with similar advocacy efforts with the European Commission, who are also concerned about this because of the damage to European businesses. So um, many of the big rights owners, particularly in football, are European operatives and businesses. And so we're seeking to work with them as well to get the, the pressure, governmental pressure, from the European level. So that's the kind of advocacy level. The third limb um, is press and publicity, and, and that goes to the point... <laughs> really why we published the website, I think, is that one of the challenges of this is, is, is that it's, it's quite hard to understand the scale of what's going on when you don't live and breathe it. And, 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 and for the last year, that's really been a very significant part of my job in conjunction with our anti-piracy team, um, with the general counsel of the group, uh, and also commercial colleagues, is, is essentially getting the message out about why this matters. Mm. And um, that's been um, that's why we've been working with our rights owning partners to to explain to them, and of course they all they all get it. They can see that um, it's com completely outrageous that their rights, which they've licensed to us, are simply stolen wholesale within a major market within within the region. Um, and so we've been working with them to for them to issue um, press releases and statements. Um, and that was particularly particularly the case during the World Cup last summer when every single match in the World Cup was pirated on BRQ. So we, 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 we worked um, closely with FIFA to, um, obviously for them to tr seek to bring their political and other pressure to bring the matter to an end, but, um, but also just to air, give it oxygen. Um, it's interesting because from my perspective, looking at it, and I'm sure many other people are as well, um, the region that people just sort of, uh, um, we've asked a lot of people to look into various issues in the region, everyone wants to stay clear of it generally because the politics involved but from a, from, mm. a, from a professional practice perspective from a you know and from many others and you've either got people who are super opinionated on one side right who often don't necessarily have a level of objectivity but they're very you know in, in the legal market they're very few um, and the, the majority of everyone else because of they work in the region live in the region just want to stay clear of it Right, and, and and that's become, and that's that was difficult from as as an organisation that that we pride ourselves in in covering what is important, not mm. just what is popular. That was a very difficult thing for me. To the, so the website was very helpful in that regards, because it was very difficult for me to get a real feel for what was going on. And I'm and I like to think I'm relatively sophisticated in 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 these mm. type of issues. I wouldn't say anywhere near someone like yourself or someone who works in it full time. No. But you think if it's a problem for me to to really get to grips with. Your, your, your general consumer or yep. pe people who are not in sport, sports media day to day, they're going to really struggle. Yeah, no, it's true. I mean, it, it, I think I think it, it is difficult to to grasp it. And before I joined, whilst I'd uh, read some reports about what was what was going on, it, until you involved in it on a day to day basis, and and 
um, then then you don't quite grasp it. But um, it's when you see the um, the nice branded set-top box, which uh, is freely available in shops in Saudi Arabia with the nice logos. Over, you look at it and go, "This, this is this is not normal." And um, the, the and you're correct as well that there is there is um, there are political geopolitics around it. However, in our view, that 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 is completely the wrong way to look at it and consider it. The far more significant thing is is a broader problem. Mm. Um, and the well, I, I, so I agree with you on this, and I think this is where having in the past been too quick to say, oh, it's not really a big issue, and, and overlook a whole bunch of different things over mm. the years. It seems to do it on a weekly basis, <laughs> and then six months later, you go, oh, yeah, now I can see the wider implications for this. Mm. And I think this is some the reason why, particularly given two years ago when people said the organised, uh, um, yeah, sophisticated organised pirates was the biggest threat to protecting sports brands um, and the consequence for that for sports is quite significant obviously you get l less investment less government backing mm. less you know less attention less focus less people participating um, but something that I sort of acknowledged we didn't do too much on and obviously this issue has now come up and you go well I, I, this is a, on a much bigger scale than we've seen before and therefore yeah. it makes you wonder again if there's another issue where politics is involved that another country does a similar thing and you know you can you can quickly see this descending into mm. um, uh, a much bigger problem across the world. And I think it's something that's yeah. probably not going to be advantageous for sport. <laughs> no, no, hugely damaging. I mean, the, 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 say piracy will go on and, and we can get on uh, br briefly like on some of the, you know, the kind of legal frameworks around mm. that but, um, and how, to, how we can manage that. But th th this one is, is different because of it, it, it goes beyond um, pirate... Um, uh, crime-funded businesses doing a bit of piracy on the side. It's a whole state abandoning its obligations under international law. Um, and that's... Um, the, the, the final part, I'll just talk about the product slightly, is, is the reason this is... We're, we're drawing the attention of, um, of not just our sports rights owners, but also increasing entertainment, stu Hollywood studios, um, other broadcasters, who, um, is because... Within the product, within the set-top box, it, it is both a satellite receiver by which is accessing the live BLQ um, channels, but it also has a separate app store within it. And then through that app store, it makes available hundreds of um, um, IPTV uh, services. So, uh, and including what's termed the Netflix of... Uh, a piracy where I can't remember the name, actually the name of that particular one, but it's an app, it's a, but essentially it's a service which is available via the BIQ box, which has hundreds and hundreds of channels available on it. So all showing all of the Hollywood films, Sky Sports, BBC channels, the French channels as well. So that's why we're talking about it being a, a broader issue um, and, and why one which the entertainment sector needs to be worried about because this is spreading, particularly in the region, piracy beyond satellite piracy which should in theory be stopped should should be something that can be stopped if you have a satellite provider behaving as it normally does where it will take it down when they're told it this this the BRQ issue will spread and essentially infect the region with IPTV piracy which ultimately is going to be much more harmful longer term so that's that's why we um are essentially alerting the industry yeah. I think and it's interesting because normally you say say for example 
one of the arguments, uh, if you look at the music industry, we were about, about peer-to-peer sharing, etc. was like, right, make it available, create a licensing mm. system. But that obviously that system exists. <laughs> In this scenario, that is the option. People can buy it yeah. and they can access it. I'm presuming that the cost isn't, that this is not a cost issue, right? This is not like, you know, we, 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 when uh, Sky and BT, for example, having their mobile apps or having now TV, where there's like, okay, if you want to consume it in a different way, you don't want the, 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 um, the normal um, uh, standard subscription. You just want to, you know, to dip in and out, then you can pay £15 mm-hmm. a month or £10 a month. It's not that type of issue, is it? It's because that's not, it's not a, the, the commercial pressures are not what's causing it. No, no. But, and, and also be, being in the region, um, uh, as well as in our other markets, do also offer OTT services right. as well. So, so there, are, there is the ability to, to acquire and access content in, in, in a more snack-sized way as well. So it's undoubtedly, th- this is not, this is not um, one where there's a complete failure of access to, to, to content. And 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 um, price is not the issue, and not the reason this is occurring. It is, is a broader um, political issue. It's, it's, uh, I, I find it fascinating, like intellectually. I imagine it's quite stressful dealing on a day-to-day basis on mm. a work level. But I do find it interesting because mm, you, you can just see where it's going potentially going to go. Um, I'm conscious of time, not because of you mm. th- this time, although I am very appreciative of your time. Um, we've had to deal with moving around a little bit because of engineering work basically outside of the offices. Um, hopefully it hasn't dis- disturbed the, the, the uh, recording too much. Um, but I've got to get on a flight because uh, I'm going to Dublin to do our conference. Um, before we go, um, before we finish off, um, where do you see this going? What would you like to see happen? Um, you know, how you know, realistically, what sort of time frame are you looking at in terms of, do you reckon, in terms of, given that you said you, there's a commercial time and then legal time. Mm. Um, I, I, I have no ability to, 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 to um, give an answer to that uh, as to when it will stop. It could stop overnight. It could go on for many years yet. So all, we are doing all we can in, in, that, in the region and, and um, a number of the rights owners are also looking at, has been, widely, has been publicly reported, looking at themselves bringing legal claims within Saudi Arabia because they have greater access and be into the, to the courts there so um so w- that we're doing everything we can on it if you like um and 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 we hope that in time we'll have some effect um it's hard to judge but um uh yeah, i just find it sorry i just find this very very interesting from a um there's some stuff going on at the moment in in the, in the same region funny enough uh, on the human rights side of things, and we've seen this increasing globalization. It seems to me inevitably we're going to get more of these more public, more higher profile cases in a whole bunch of areas, not just in media, mm-hmm. but in commercial, in human rights, in employment, etc. As um, everyone starts to be held more accountable for the international standards that they've said they've agreed to. Yeah, absolutely. Every country, if they sign up to something, should should comply with it. And that's only all we're really asking for in this case is is for uh, Saudi Arabia to comply with the norms of uh, international law and, and, and to stick to them and to allow BN to just operate in, the, in the, as a legitimate um, business within the region and, um, uh, and, and, and succeed on that, ba- or fail, or succeed or fail on, on that basis and not be subject to um, this uh, aggressive um, piracy damaging its business. Stephen, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Uh, yes, I'm fortunate about the, <laughs> uh, the building work's going outside, but um, 
I find it intellectually very interesting because I'm not involved in it. But I also think it is something, uh, definitely one for any IP lawyers, media lawyers, and sports lawyers more broadly to pay uh, close attention to because I think it is it is bigger than just the region. And I keep saying that, but I really do mm. think it is um, in my uneducated opinion on the matter. But no, far from it, Sean. <laughs> but you're very welcome. And um, yeah, certainly I think the. Um, the, 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 the broader topic of piracy outside of this market is one which is worth further exploration because I think um, that there will be changes in, in, in the dynamics between rights owners and broadcasters as the issue of piracy becomes more front and cent central, not just in, in the Middle East, but everywhere where rights are bought and sold. Because if rights are not protected, then essentially the model which we've, we, we hope will continue will, will break down. Uh, uh, yeah, absolutely. And I'll take you up on that offer to explore that further. <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you. Well, that's all we have time for for this show. I hope you enjoyed the interview. Remember, you can follow us at Law in Sport on Twitter. You can follow me at SPCOTT. You can subscribe to our weekly email and you can find us at lawinsport.com. If you're interested in jobs in the sector, you can go to our job sector page or you can find out the latest events that we have coming up. Hope you have a great day and thanks for tuning in.